From 2Keto LLC, it's the Obesity Code Podcast with Dr. Jason Fung and Megan Ramos. Each week we bring you lessons and stories from the Intensive Dietary Management Program in Toronto, Canada. I'm Carl Franklin. And on the show today, some news from Jason and some holiday survival tips from Megan. The Obesity Code Podcast is brought to you by 2Keto LLC who strives to support the low-carb community with podcasts and other publications. And you can support our mission by making a monthly pledge, no matter how small, at patreon.2keto.com. Today, we're announcing a short hiatus while the folks at IDM are on vacation with their families. But before we take a break, Dr. Fung has some news to share, and Megan has some more great tips for surviving the holidays. Well, I just wanted to wish everybody a uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. It's uh, been a real um, uh, hectic year, but good. Uh, it's uh, lots of things happening uh, and uh, hopefully lots of things happening in the future. So, of course, one of the things is that we started this podcast and I'm hopeful that this will be able to continue uh, into the new year. We're going to take a little bit of a break, but overall, I think it's been a really awesome uh, year uh, for lots of different reasons. But I think that the message is really starting to get out there that people can take control of their health. And uh, we see the increase over the last year uh, in ketogenic diets. And while I'm not necessarily... Um, Focused on that, the key is to get people uh, better. Popularity is not the point. The point is to give people options that they can use. Uh, the other thing that happened over the year is that we've been uh, fortunate that uh, the you know there's been more and more interest in intermittent fasting, which I really see as a sort of cousin to the ketogenic diet. Both of them have at their heart uh, the same goal, which is reducing insulin, and it's. One of the things that always comes up is that should everybody do it? It's like, no, if, if your insulin is high and you're getting disease because of too much insulin, then lowering insulin makes a lot of sense. If it's not high, then it doesn't make a lot of sense. So it's all about context, uh, but it's all about giving people information and options and for too long, we've uh, had these sort of uh, government dictums that say, oh, you have to eat low fat, you have to do this, do that. In the new year, we've got uh, several things planned. So uh, again, we're we're hopefully going to be able to bring uh, our good friend Brenda Zorn in uh, helping people uh, kind of as her job because that's just her passion, and we want to help her be able to help other people, and that's the that's the key. We've also got lots of things planned in terms of the uh, a membership site. So uh, while we have to charge for counseling because we have to pay salaries. Uh, we realize that there are people that just want a few pointers here and there and don't necessarily need to get the one-on-one -on -one help. And that's one of the things that we're looking at developing over the next uh, little bit. We're going to have a membership site on the Intensive Dietary Management uh, website, which is idmprogram.com. 
and it's going to have sort of weekly updates, recipes, and all of us at the IDM are going to plan to contribute in some way. It'll be uh, priced a lot lower and uh, much more affordable for people who don't need the sort of hands-on help. The um, the we're working on the website right now, and it's planned to launch in February. Although I believe that we are uh, have a special if you sign up in January for it, that there will be a three-month uh, trial period. It's uh, going to be priced just under $40 a month. So really the cost of going out a single time or even uh, having lunch really costs you about 20, 30 bucks these days. So even for the price of a single meal, uh, per month. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to give people lots of advice um, for that. So yeah, I hope everybody has a very safe um, holiday period and we'll see them all in the new year. And I would personally like to thank Dr. Fung for all his great work and all the great free resources that he's made available and continues to make available. Happy holidays, everyone. We often joke in the IDM program that December is the most dangerous month of the year with Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and so many other wonderful celebrations across the world that happen in the month of December. There's just so much feasting. This is very frightening for a lot of our patients and our clients who have been making such significant progress over the course of the year. They're afraid that it will all go out the window as soon as these December holidays roll around. There's a couple of things to remember first. The very first thing is you've got to zoom out and you've got to look at the year as a whole and think about all of that great progress you've made over the last 11 months. For the most part, I bet many of you have done a really great job this year reducing the carbohydrates, cutting out snacking, and trying to do as much fasting as your schedule permits. When you're celebrating so many holidays so close together, and there's just so many work lunches, friend dinners, family weekends of feasting on feasting on feasting, the month of December can feel really long. And most people don't zoom out. They focus on that really bad meal the day before where they made a really poor choice. And they let that bad meal erase all of the good work that they've done in their minds. But that's not the case. You can't erase 11 months worth of really good work for one or two bad meals or even a month of not making the best choices and eating a little bit more than usual. You know, when you do make a bad choice, don't beat yourself up for it. Don't fall down that rabbit hole. Say, okay, I made a bad choice on Saturday night at my office Christmas party, but I've made hundreds and hundreds of really good choices this entire year and think about how great it was to stand on the scale and know that you've lost so much fat think about how great it was to go buy that smaller size pair of pants think about how awesome it was to stop some of those medications that you were looking to get out of your daily routine Last year, I had a client in the IDM program say this to a group of participants, and I, I thought it was brilliant, so I can't take credit for it. Um, but she said to someone else that was in her group that day, she said, you know, it's not how you eat between Christmas and New Year's, it's how you eat between New Year's and Christmas. 
So we are going to be overwhelmed with carbohydrates during the holiday season and we have strong memories, positive memories associated with lots of these carbohydrates because they're presented around holiday times and holiday times special time with family, friends and loved ones. So we, we associate these positive good feelings with this food um, where it's really not the food, it's more of the, the people and the traditions that we have with spending time with these people. But the food is always there. So you, these foods get wrapped up into our emotional connection with the holidays. And sometimes it's really difficult to avoid such temptation just because of the strong emotional pull that these foods have on you over the holidays. Now I know that everyone ideally wants to go through the holiday season and stay away from all of these carbohydrates and lose weight and you know have great blood sugar levels throughout the holiday season. Um, but when you're new to this lifestyle, it, you have to give yourself some credit. You have to uh, expect that you're not going to be perfect and it's all about making progress. So we need to really keep in mind it's progress, not perfection. And on the holiday season as a whole, I see it with my clients, I see it with my patients, I see it with myself. Every year gets better. The hold that those carbohydrates have on me get better. Each year it becomes better. When I first started this low carbohydrate lifestyle, I had a strong emotional connection between the food and the holiday where when it really is about the friends and the family and all of your other loved ones who you're celebrating the season with and just their company and having a good time and watching great holiday movies and playing board games or card games or doing things outside and taking advantage of the the seasonal weather it really doesn't have that much to do with the certain carbohydrates. Chocolate turtles don't play an emotional role in my Christmas celebration, um, but they're something that's just always there and available. And I felt the strong tie to certain foods like that over the holiday period during my first year going low carb. So I did indulge my very first year, my month of December was, it was pretty bad actually. And I don't think I ate any differently that December than I ate in previous Decembers. But the one positive thing was that I was mindful of it. I knew what I was doing and I was aware of the repercussions that it was going to have on my body. So instead of beating myself up come January 1st, I was proud of myself for understanding what I had done and knowing that I did have tools with the ketogenic diet and with fasting to get back on track in January. It's not how you fall down in life, it's how you pick yourself up that defines you. So that was my attitude come January 1st, my first year going low carb and just failing miserably <laughs> over the holidays. I was proud of myself, I looked for the silver lining, and I was proud of myself for knowing that these foods weren't good for me, and that these foods were the reason why I was feeling bad. So that I was more mindful, and that's something that is huge. To be aware of what you're doing, to be aware of the consequences of your actions, that's really important. So I decided on January 1st not to beat myself up for how I ate, but to be proud of myself for understanding how I ate 
and for getting back on track. And I felt really good, you know, in the middle of the month, getting back on track, back into my fasting, back into my clean eating. And by the end of by the end of January, I was ahead. I was way I weighed less. I, my blood sugars were better at the end of January than they were at the start of December, uh, before the holiday season really kicked in. So December doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, you recognizing what has gone on, having a good understanding of that. That's going to lead to you making better decisions in the long run. Every year, my December's get better. There's always one thing here or there that slips in that I'm not super thrilled about. Um, but every year, the frequency of those little carbohydrates sneaking their way into my body, it gets less and less and less each holiday season. And the quality of carbohydrates shifts. And this is something I noticed with a lot of my clients. You know, the first couple of holidays, you're still going towards more refined sugar items. Um, and and though that's particularly horrendous for you but as my holidays um, have started to come and go nowadays as my diets evolved you know, it's more whole foods that are still more starchy um, like grains like spelt things that I wouldn't eat on a regular basis um, world oats, those sorts of things are um, now my dietary villains, the things that I'm struggling with. So much better quality carbohydrates overall, but they're, they're, ideally I'd still get through the holiday season without having a potato. <laughs> Impossible. So you know, be mindful of your actions and just get back on track. And that's, that's really important in the holiday season. The number one suggestion I have for anyone celebrating any holiday, whether it's Christmas or New Year's or your birthday, is to never show up to this holiday meal hungry. So there's a couple of things here um, to make sure that your appetite is nice and suppressed for when you show up to these holiday meals. The first one is to really indulge in fat. So today, actually, as soon as I finish recording this podcast, I'm going to be joining family for a bit of a feast. And, you know, ideally, uh, yeah, I go there and I don't care about any of the carbohydrates that are there, but I know I still care about them and I still have this emotional connection to them. It's not so much a physical craving for them anymore, but emotional memories of sitting around the dining room table, playing rummy and eating potato chips, because that's what we did um, every Christmas with my family um, when I was a kid growing up. And it's just those emotional connections with food at this time of year that really sort of get to me. Not that I'm craving potato chips, but I'm craving that memory that I've had in the past. So, you know, the potato chips are going to be there tonight, and I know they're going to be there. So what do I do? I want to satiate myself. I want to make sure that my appetite is suppressed as much as possible because those potato chips will have less of a hold on me. That emotional connection to them at this time of year is not going to be as strong as if I am satiated. So today, but before we um, before I recorded this podcast, we ate a ton of fatty food. So we ate great bacon and had good omelet and had some avocados. And I'm feeling super full. 
Another thing you can do for these holiday parties too is just bring your own fatty treats. Uh, my husband and I are we're bringing prosciutto and salami. We're bringing olives. He's bringing some good cheese that we have in our refrigerator. We're bringing good food for us, so we always have something to default to. I also pack dark chocolate with me anytime I go to any holiday party or anytime I know I'm going to be somewhere where there's going to be some sort of uh, dessert treat that is going to be difficult to sort of resist. So I pack my 90% dark chocolate with me. I started off um, with 70% chocolate thinking it was too bitter <laughs> and now I actually find 90% chocolate to be almost too sweet. I think I'm ready to move my way up to 99%. Um, um, Coco, so we'll see what happens with that in 2018. So packing dark chocolate and bringing things that you know that you can have. Most people aren't too offended and most hosts are really um, grateful if you do offer to bring some sort of dish or side or appetizer to their holiday party because hosting holiday parties is expensive and it's time consuming, it's overwhelming. Um, so why not offer to lend a hand? And, and most hosts actually really appreciate that. Um, so always bring bring your tools with you. Now there's a lot of people who think that fasting before these holiday parties is a great idea. And I can tell you in all honesty, if you're not fasting for more than 24 hours, you're going to end up indulging in all of these carbohydrates. Your hunger hormones really don't go down that much within a 24 hour window. So you're going to end up showing up at these holiday parties and you're not going to be completely satiated and your hunger is going to be pretty high. So these these carbohydrates are going to look really, really, really tasty, and it's going to take a lot of willpower to resist these carbohydrates. So I always recommend if you want to fast before a holiday party that you fast for at least 36 hours and ideally you'll be able to fast for about 72 hours prior to that holiday meal that you're trying to fast for. Now of course if you're doing lengthy fasts or any fasting at all you should have physician supervision and not just do it at a whim. It can be very dangerous to fast without medical supervision. But for our in-office patients you know who are quite capable of fasting they're not on insulin they don't have to have certain certain medications adjusted uh, and they want to fast before a holiday it's usually recommended that they fast for at least 72 hours that way we're pretty certain that their appetites gonna be very diminished and their hunger is gonna be really suppressed by the time they get to that holiday meal but 24 hours usually doesn't cut it I have so many clients and so many patients that I've worked with over the last several years and they'll fast from you know dinner um, dinner on Christmas Eve to thinking that you know they'll fast till dinner on Christmas Day but they're really not that satiated um, within 24 hours so they always end up eating a lot of carbohydrates so if I'm going away for a long weekend or we have a big holiday coming up and I can fast yeah absolutely I will fast if I can fast for at least three days but if I can't fast for at least three days then I make sure that I really indulge on good fats 
for a day or two leading up to the holiday, even like the final meal before you go to your holiday party. Even if in, if you can't have that meal at home, you can always bring certain things with you in the car to consume on the way. You need an avocado, bring a bag of cooked bacon, have some hard boiled eggs. There's always something that you can consume just as a safety net before you go to these holiday parties. Fat is your shield. Eating fat really, really, really satiates you on a neurological level, and that is your shield. It is your protective armor against these carbohydrates. Now, I'm fully keto adapted, and I don't have random cravings for carbohydrates, but I do have an emotional ones. I have a great emotional connection to on your birthday and having birthday cake and all of your loved ones singing you happy birthday and that special feeling that you get about yourself um, from having all these great people sing you happy birthday around your birthday cake. Um, so we, we have these emotional connections to food um, and they're often to carbohydrates and they occur at all these different holidays that we celebrate over the course of the year. And so you are going to have a little bit of a struggle. You know, I realized that it was more of an emotional connection to food because I got so frustrated with myself. I said, I'm so keto adapted. How am I still having these cravings? But then I looked at the time. You know, it was never like a random Tuesday that I would have these cravings. It, it was always a, a holiday where there was a unique event where our activity was sort of centered around this carbohydrate and just so many positive memories, you know of just being there and having that food available and just the good times like I can't count the number of Christmases in the past um, where all of my family would sit around my grandmother's grand dining room table and we'd have all rummy going at both ends and just passing along the potato chips and just laughing um, when everyone was still there. Now, you know, so many people have passed away and relationships and families have changed and you still long for that. And so on holidays, you, you, you long for those memories and you have this strong connection with food. So Whereas you know the people might not be there, or the relationships might be different, but you you know you're still trying to engage in some of these traditions. Those foods are end up being a big part of the tradition and your emotional connection to them. So don't beat yourself up for having these these emotional connections to food and these cravings because of that connection. Look towards the good fats to really help satiate you before you put yourself in a situation where you're going to have that desire to consume the carbohydrate. Now on the Thanksgiving episode, I talked a lot about eating, what to eat. And I said, always save your carbohydrates for last. So that carries over into the December season too. So just a reminder to everyone, Start off uh, your plate of food with your vegetables, then go to your protein and save any carbohydrates for last. The order in which you digest food has a huge impact on your blood sugar levels and your future hunger. If you eat carbohydrates first, they're going to flood your blood sugar levels with glucose and that's going to flood your blood sugar levels with insulin and that's going to spike your hunger hormone ghrelin and you're going to want to keep eating and eating and eating. Well, satiate yourself, fill your tummy up 
from the bottom to the top with good fiber and good fat and good protein and then sprinkle some carbohydrates on top if you are going to eat the carbohydrates your body's got to start digesting what's at the bottom first so it's going to be a long time before that carbohydrate actually works its way into your system and that carbohydrate gets sort of merged in with everything else in the gut too so you don't get all of the carbohydrates being released into the blood at once you get a little bit here and a little bit there so you never get a surge in glucose you never get a surge in insulin and you never get a spike in your in your appetite and your hunger hormones a lot of people on social media have been messaging me about holiday drinking so first and foremost all of the spirits are fine vodka whiskey gin are great just be really cautious what you're mixing them with so seltzer water or club soda any carbonated water um, is great uh, so you really want to stick to just really pure good stuff to mix so um, that's what I usually do. So I will start off a holiday party with a glass of wine. Wine does have a little bit more sugar in it. Um, so I'll have a glass of wine and then I'll have a glass of water and then I usually go for vodka water or water engine um, with a splash of lime in it for the rest of the evening. And I always alternate between glass of alcohol, glass of water, glass of alcohol, glass of water, just to keep myself actively hydrated throughout the evening. When it comes to wines, um, you could say a Pinot Grigio, for example, could have two grams of sugar per liter or could have 42 grams of sugar per liter. So look for ratings, look for extra dry and dry ratings. In on the province of Ontario, where Dr. Fung and I live, um, our liquor is regulated by the government, so we have to purchase them at this store called LCBO across the province. So it's the Liquor Control Board of Ontario. Um, so the LCBO, our government actually requires them to disclose the sugar content in all bottles of wine. So you can go in there and you can grab a rosé and it could be 62 grams of sugar, it could be two grams of sugar per liter. But at the LCBO, you actually learn. Um, you can see it on the price tag. They actually disclose the amount of sugar in it. When I travel abroad and I'm staying in California for a week or visiting my mother-in-law in Florida for a couple of weeks like we are this holiday season, I don't have those price tags at the liquor store to fall back on. But the LCBO has a website. It's www.lcbo.com and they also have an app. Um, LCBO. So LCBO again stands for the Liquor Control Board of Ontario. So whenever I'm out or I'm looking for a bottle of wine, I can always search that bottle of wine on the LCBO's website and I can get the sugar content. So I actually, I have the app. <laughs> it's probably my most used app when I am traveling. I use it at restaurants too, um, just so I know I'm making safe choices. There's champagne out there that's one gram of sugar per liter, and there's champagne out there that's 101 grams of sugar per liter. And you don't wanna buy an $18 glass of champagne and not be able to drink it because it tastes too sweet when it gets to your table. And sometimes it's really hard to tell. I, in all honesty, can't tell the difference between a rosé that's two grams of sugar per liter or one that's 22 
grams of sugar per liter. So being able to look it up and know is important. The only way I can tell is after I've drank it and how I feel. <laughs> so that's not too helpful either. Um, so it's great to alternate between um, wine and water or alcohol and water and just be careful of the spirits that you're using. Thank you, Megan, and thanks to all the wonderful people at IDM for making it a very special year for so many of us. That's our holiday show, short and sweet. And from Richard, myself, Jason, Megan, everybody at IDM, have a very safe and happy new year. You've been listening to the Obesity Code podcast, lessons and stories from the Intensive Dietary Management Program. The Obesity Code podcast is brought to you by 2Keto LLC, who strives to support the low-carb community with podcasts and other publications. And you can support our mission by making a monthly pledge, no matter how small, at patreon.2keto.com. I'm Carl Franklin. We'll see you next year. Yeah.